You're listening to Policy, Guns and Money, the Aspie podcast, with me, Olivia Nelson. This week, senior Chinese Communist Party officials are meeting in Beijing for the 20th Party Congress, where Xi Jinping will secure a third term as head of the Chinese Communist Party. Dr. Samantha Hoffman and Charlie Parton provide insights into the Party Congress, the importance of ideology and why it matters, as well as initial takeaways from President Xi's speech and what to expect from the rest of the Congress. Hi, my name is Samantha Hoffman. I'm a senior analyst at ASPE. I'm joined today with Charles Parton. He's a fellow at the Council on Geostrategy, a fellow at RUSI, and a fellow at Merix, and a former British diplomat. Uh, today, he's joining us to discuss the ongoing 20th Party Congress in China, uh, and in particular, the implications of the General Secretary's report to the Party Congress. Um, the Party Congress began on Sunday and will continue throughout the rest of the week. So, Charlie, very excited to have you today. Could you give our audience a brief overview of the general purpose of the Party Congress? Yes, Samantha, delighted to be here. Uh, it's held every five years, and, and it's really the most important of all the party meetings. It's it's a symbolic, it, it's about rallying the troops, and it's about underlining the party's right to rule and, and the rightness of its rule. But in specific terms, it, it has three roles. Um, one is elections, and as in all Chinese Communist Party elections, the results are pretty much known in advance, uh, but it elects the new Central Committee and it elects the new Central Commission for Discipline Inspection. Uh, So that's one role. There are two very important reports delivered to the Congress, which are then um, debated and uh, eventually affirmed. Uh, One is the General Secretary Xi Jinping's report, which we've had, and the other is the report by the Central Discipline Inspection Commission. Uh, And finally, the other important role is to amend the party constitution. And the party constitution is a lot more important the national constitution. Uh, it is, in a, in a sense, the foundation for it. So those are the three formal roles uh, that, that, it, that it's intended to fulfill. And by the end of it, we should know that, that Xi Jinping has been reaffirmed for a third term. I think everybody would expect that. And we'll know who the central committee is. Uh, and then after a pause, we'll have, uh, have a, the first plenum of the, the first meeting of the 20th Central Committee, and they will choose, in theory, elect the the Politburo, and the Politburo will elect the Standing uh, Committee, usually seven, 25 members and seven members respectively. We'll, we'll see what happens. Generally speaking, one thing that, that can be over overlooked is, is the significance of ideology, um, and in particular, the significance of ideology in, in party documents. Um, when, when we're looking at the General Secretary's report to the Party Congress, how should we think about and understand ideology, and, and why does it matter? I think it matters very greatly. It's the underpinning of the of the Communist Party's rule. It's, in a sense, the explanation of, of, of why it rules. Uh, I haven't um, actually sort of made an estimation on the current General Secretary's report this time, but certainly last time, about a third of the report could be said to be about ideology, or, or, or stre- uh, and I include in that strengthening the party in a sense. I think Xi Jinping is a genuine believer in um, his form or the Chinese form of Marxist-Leninism. Uh, and certainly, I think he, if, if he's not, he believes that others must believe that he's a believer. You see what I mean? Um, it, it, because that really does underpin the nature of, of their rule. Um, and you know, increasingly, we've seen in the last um, five, ten years, 
the emphasis that he's put on it, the, de the desire to strengthen ideology amongst all party members uh, to ensure that they uh, study deeply uh, the philosophical underpinnings of, of the regime. Uh, so I, I think um, that aspect and, and the more practical aspects of it, uh, to, and, and always at the last part of the, the report, we get a lot of um, talk about the need to strengthen the party, to purify the party. And it's worth remembering also that this party congress, a very large part of it is about the Central uh, Commission for Discipline Inspection. Uh, and you know that is the party's Spanish Inquisition. It's it's the one that keeps them ideologically on on the right tracks. It's not just about corruption. That's at, at, at the extreme end. But it's about um, loyalty to the party. It's about loyalty to the ideology of the party. So there's a lot on on in 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 the report and throughout the meetings, which will will we'll talk about that purification of the party, the need for self-reform. This is a big a big uh, phrase of Xi Jinping. Uh, about the strengthening of the party again if you look at the the report there's that theme of, of uh, we must do more to to ensure that um party cells and branches are set up in in businesses and other organ all organizations um and there's a lot on 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 the need for discipline um there's a thing that they that xi jinping put out in in 2012 the eight point decision on party discipline uh and the need to combat what they call formalism, the not not implementing policy correctly, um, bureaucratism, hedonism, and extravagance, that, that those sort of four evils. So there's a lot on, on, on ideology and the connection and the practical results of, of, of following mm -hmm. that ideology. Yeah, it's very, very, important. very important points. And um, I mean, if we think about it too, um, uh, a lot of the most significant crises that the party has faced uh, in its history have been internal to the party itself, and it's something that um, you know shouldn't shouldn't be overlooked. No, certainly not. I mean, I I think we we, we would say that the, you know, the the point of a congress is to lay out the ideological lines and the overall policy yeah. lines in in a, in a fairly generalized fashion. So this is to last five years, but um, you know, in that the ideology. And Xi Jinping thought, in in whatever form it, it is, is is going to loom very large, and people are, are going to be expected over the next five years to um, think about it all the time and try to implement mm -hmm. it in their work. And and more specifically, and recently, um, uh, you and I had discussed the concept of national re rejuvenation. And can you explain for for the audience how phrases like that? carry meaning, particularly what the strategic implications of phrases like national rejuvenation are for Australia, um, the UK and, and their allies? Yes. I, I, I mean, Xi Jinping is, uh, or the Chinese Communist Party, um, even before Xi Jinping, has, has talked about two centenary goals. Um, and and we passed the first one, which was a mod moderately prosperous society by the centenary of the party's founding. But by the centenary of the founding of the PRC, the country, the country under the Communist Party, uh, he intends that the country should achieve being a modern, harmonious, socialist, strong country. I always get the adjectives in the wrong in the wrong uh, uh, order, but you get the the general gist. And in a sense, that is what national rejuvenation means. It means becoming all all that, and stripped of party speak, translated into plain English, it means that China is going to become the number one superpower, that America will be knocked off its pedestal, and, and that the world will be so organized as better to suit 
the party and China's interests and values. So it, it is, in a sense, uh, a code phrase. And when you look at, the, say, the Taiwan section in, in, the, in Xi Jinping's report, you'll see that, uh, and, and elsewhere, he says that you know, national rejuvenation must be achieved, and it can't be achieved but without you know, the, the reunification of Taiwan is an essential part of, of, of national reunification. Of national rejuvenation, and so um, you know, if you're looking in the Taiwan part to say, well, does he have a deadline for forcefully or peacefully reunifying? I think the answer must be 2049 at the latest, because that's you cannot have re- national rejuvenation if you are not um, mm-hmm. reunified. So there's the sort of practical, um, in a sense. I say practical because, of course, it's 27 years away, and who knows what may happen in the in, in the meantime, and personally, I don't believe Xi Jinping or the Chinese Communist Party is about to invade Taiwan. But, but nevertheless, that that is a, a statement of, of of intent. Thank you. And and now we're running out of time, but I had one one final question for you, which is, if you've read the the draft report and and listened to Xi Jinping's, what are your initial takeaways? Uh, knowing that we all need time to digest uh, the lengthy content, but but what are your initial takeaways? Or well, we could t- talk about this for hours. I mean, first of all, of course, a lot of these reports are always cut and paste, and, and they reflect what's been going on for the last 10 years. So you, you don't expect massive changes of policies, but you do look for the, the new emphasis in it. And, and th- there are three, I would suggest, that are particularly important. I mean, one is the emphasis on science and technology and innovation, the, the real need to, to conquer the heights of the new technologies, because that will give you ge- economic power and ultimately geopolitical power. So that, I think, is is, is really important. Uh, again, I, I, and along with that goes the importance of education, of course. I think it's worth noting that it's been a common theme of Xi Jinping's for as long as I can remember, which actually, and certainly in 2014, when, I, when the new Chinese uh, ambassador from the EU came and I accompanied him to the uh, international department and he asked what what are the main challenges facing the party and the first one they came up with was inequality and so I think this this theme of um, reducing inequality of, of common prosperity is a very important one and yes you see it of course in the party report and the other thing that uh, strikes one is that there's a new section on national security which is again dear to Xi Jinping's heart it consists of 16 different types of security, from the obvious sort of political security of the party um, to, to military security, economic security, food security, very important. Um, but in a sense, that too reflects the whole tone of Xi Jinping's approach to, I would say, the United States and, and, and to the outside world, but specifically the United States, where I think, again, reflected in, in this report is a tone of feeling under attack, besieged, uh, besieged is probably too strong a word, but but the need to struggle mightily hard against forces. And, you know, going back to that theme of rejuvenation, changing the world and the way the world is governance into one that that, that better suits Xi Jinping or the Communist Party, etc. So I think it's, uh, those are are, are, are very noticeable themes, but there's an awful lot more in it that we can talk <laughs> yeah. about for hours. Well, and and I guess I, maybe I'll just squeeze in one final question here, and and that's uh, what what should we look for in the the next few days um, uh, throughout throughout the rest of the Congress? Well, obviously, we want to see what the 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 makeup of the 
Politburo and, and the Standing Committee is. I think that will, uh, in my, my view, it's going to show quite clearly um, that Xi Jinping has consolidated his power by putting in all his people throughout the Central Committee, which has already been done. I mean, most of the elections the Central Committee have decided well in advance by who is in which particular post. Um, the other thing that people have been worrying about, um, talking about is, you know, will, will he indicate who his successor is? No, I don't think he will. And, and I think there's a wonderful sentence towards the end of the report, which just made me smile. It's difficult to smile at these sorts of reports, but I did. Uh, and he says, it is of critical importance to the party's future that we have qualified successors to carry forward our cause. And I thought, yes, well, who's your successor? Will we, fi- will we find out at this Congress? I doubt it, but, you know, let's... Well, well, thank you so much, and I'm I'm glad to hear that I'm not the uh, not not the only nerd who enjoys uh, enjoys reading these and perhaps smiles (laughs) on occasion when reading these uh, otherwise difficult to read reports. Thanks so much for joining us, Charlie. Oh, that was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Policy, Guns, and Money. We'll be back with another episode soon.